Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is season three, episode 11. We are going to talk... 11? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I didn't even get to finish my Sorry. intro. <laughs> Oh, the longer we do this, the punchier we get. (laughs) Yes, we we had to wait for about five minutes for the dogs to calm down as they kept leaping in and out of Curie's lap. They're obsessed with me. They are. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I don't even feel like I'm that nice to them. Not that I beat them or anything, but like I I shush them a lot. Well, you know, it's like that, you know, when uh, you play hard to get. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) it's true. They're like, love me, kid. I know. Love me, As soon as they walk in, it's like aggressive barking, and then it switches to that high pitch, I'm so excited, I'm going to pee all over your foot bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <sighs> anyway, do you want to continue with your introduction? Sorry. Yeah. No, the that's 11. cool. So yeah, we are moving to a new genre. What's our genre? Do you know? Picked by the cover. For, for the, the cover. cover. Yes. Yes. So season three, episode 11. <laughs> Picked for the cover is our focus for the next two episodes. Yep. We're doing Curie's book first. Yep. Which is? The Binding by, I don't know. Bridget Collins. Bridget Collins. It's not out yet, so you can't even read it. Well, by the time they, this oh, is recorded. Oh, right. This is going to be released in like June. Yeah. But it comes out in April, so there you go. It's recent. How about that? It's a brand new book. Brand new. Yeah. I have something for you. Close your eyes. (laughs) Let your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, it's imprinted. Well, that's just the little protective Oh. I was like, I didn't know it came with a face beforehand. I got some glitter putty. Yep. I'm so excited. The very last one. Really? Yeah. Oh. I was like, I better buy that and just give it to Kiri because yeah. <laughs> she really wanted it. I'm about it. to go on an airplane. There you go. So this will be perfect while I listen to the your book mm-hmm. for the next episode. Yeah. Because you're supposed to, I don't know about you, but I cannot read or listen to books without doing something with my hands. Mm. Yeah. Like, I have to be doing something like cleaning mm-hmm. or knitting. Yeah, or yeah. Or playing with unicorn putty. Or walking. Or, or yeah. walking. Yeah, or in the car. Yeah, I can't just sit there and listen to a yeah. book. Chris always wants to do that. I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. There have been times when we've listened to podcasts or books in the car and I'm sleepy and I kind of drift in and out yeah. and then I'm like, wait, what's been going on? I yeah. missed like 20 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Maybe I should have waited till after the episode to give this to Kiri because she's now obsessed. Because <laughs> it's so cool. I'll put yep. it away. I there you dis- go. I won't be distracted the whole time. Just a little something, something. Thank you. You're welcome. So, how are you? Are you done with teaching yet? I am. This week was my last week of instruction. So, I still have a t- 
ton of grading to do, which will be my focus this week, coming week. And How come um, you're off early this time? Because uh, the class I teach in the spring is only 10 weeks long. Oh, okay. That's just how it's designed. Do you know, what is his name? John something? Garden? He has a bald head. And, and goatee? Really peppy. Glasses? Yeah. Yeah. I just had a training with him. Oh, I love John. And he was like, I am a teacher of first year experience. I was like, I think that's what Corey teaches. Yeah. And then he got like, it was about how to envision your success was the like oh, two and a half hour interesting. course. And he was like really peppy. And I was like, that's probably what you have to be to do that job. Yeah. To work with the students that you work with. It's funny you call him peppy. I don't know that I would have used the word peppy, but I mean, he does have like a really nice positive energy about him. Well, so part of the thing is like, we were supposed to create this big mm -hmm. goal. Like what is our number one big goal in life? Uh -huh. And I was like, to make a positive impact in the world. And he's like, way to think small. And I was like... <laughs> that sounds like John. Yeah. <laughs> this is like supposed to be the all-encompassing goal of your life. Like, yeah. This isn't, I'm going to go to France or I'm going to run a marathon. This is like your big number one impact that you mm -hmm. want to do. And mm -hmm. so, of course, I want to make a positive impact in the world. Although, you know, if I was going to critique that, um, you know, I don't know that that's a specific enough goal. It's not dated. But then you had to, like, figure out, like, what are the steps for you to oh, reach yeah. that goal? Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm going to pick well, up a piece of trash every time I see it. Mm. Positive impact. Okay. I'm going to volunteer at the hospital to help people with Alzheimer's and dementia when okay. they're all by themselves. Positive impact. Like, it's not specific. Okay. But. So you went with, like, a really big goal and then you started breaking it down. I'm going to fill it in with, okay. like, things that I, because I don't want to do the same thing over and over sure, again. Sure, sure. Like, yeah. I okay, want it to be all-encompassing of me just being a good person in this I'm planet. just poking at you. I do, goal <laughs> I do goal study with my students, and I'm always like, oh. it's not specific enough. What actions are you actually going to take? Probably when is it going to happen by? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, like, everybody else was like, I'm going to write a novel, or I'm going to get my master's degree, or, or I'm going to go to France. And I'm like, really? That's, like, your big end goal? <laughs> all you want to accomplish in life? <laughs> no, he's a cool guy. Uh, you know, it's really funny because, so his background, I don't know if you all shared backgrounds or not, but he was a rower. Yeah. Coach. He, he was a, he, yeah, uh, he was a crew coach. Um, we had a, we had a lovely conversation about boys on the boat when I first met him. <laughs> we were talking about boys on the boat when I first met him. I was like, oh, oh like, Jesus, this book. And then, um, and he was also in the military. Yep. And he's married years. to an artist, which is really funny because he's like the bizarro version of my previous boss who was also career military didn't do crew but they even kind of looked alike like kind of you know that mm -hmm. uh you know had like a goatee and you know that about the same age with white hair kind of balding a little bit but but they're like night and day like personality wise like my previous boss very nice man i liked him a lot mm -hmm. but had a super dry sense of humor mm -hmm. was very like the way he delivered words and information you could see his military background mm -hmm. Where John is like, hey, do, yeah. do, do. and so I'd always be like, gosh, you kind of remind me of Chris, but you're not Chris. You're like Bizarro Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you're like Chris with a peppy personality. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny, though, because they have a similar background. And I think probably there is little bits of John that reminds me of that as well as mm -hmm. just their 
the way they physically look, too. Anyways, yeah. sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, we don't care, Corey and Gary. <laughs> Whatever, listen We're to here us. for the books and the tea. But are you here for the books and the tea? Are you, or are you just here for witty personalities? Or maybe a little bit of both. Both, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's even called thinking putty. Yeah. You're supposed to use it to think. You are. Indeed, indeed. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, Kiri and I, we're, our communication has not been great as of late. We're just kind of winging things as we go. I like it. So she shows up with a big jar of iced tea, and I was like, oh, I, I made tea too. And she's <laughs> like, oh, well, I thought if you baked, um, I should make tea. <laughs> and then, she, so then, so then I'll, I'll hand off to you. So then what happened, Kiri? <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, hold on, wait a second, Corey. What tea did you make? And then I go, oh, no, no, no. What tea did you make? And then I said, you first. I asked you first. So I go, I made Flagstaff Tea Company's Raspberry Champagne White. And Kiri goes, <laughs> Oh my God, I do too. No way. <laughs> so we literally, without consulting with each other, made the exact same iced tea today. Which then <laughs> we taste it. I say, like, well, we should take, do a little comparison and see if it's different. <laughs> and it is. And it is. Very different. Very different. And I took a sip of Curie's and I go, I think I like mine better. <laughs> I'm not offended because, I mean, I like yours. Mm-hmm. Mine is like a raspberry otter pop. Yeah. That is how I would characterize the flavor. And yours just, is less raspberry. Yeah, which I like. Like, I yeah. can taste the raspberry, which I like, but it's not quite as I like... wonder if it's how we cooked it. How long did you steep yours for? So I did a sun tea. Oh, see, I just steeped it for oh. the the five minutes that it's set yeah, to do on the back. Yeah, I did a sun tea for like an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. And in a French press, because I was like, Meh. yeah. So, so yeah, so mine is raspberry otter pop. Mine is raspberry champagne white. <laughs> But anyways, um, I did that because, well, well, first Heather had been like, it makes a really good iced tea, which is why we both did this mm-hmm. with our tea, <laughs> with our monthly tea purchase. And, um, and I made a berry coffee cake. Which was delicious. And yeah. cinnamony. So you liked it? Yeah. Yay. I kind of totally, <laughs> well, it's supposed to be with ra- red raspberries. That's the original recipe is just mm-hmm. red raspberries. But I was like, I'm going to use what I got. Yeah. So it had a mixed berries. I did some random stuff I had in the house, blackberries, blueberries. And, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't made this in years, but I was, I was telling Kiri that I, um, I pulled this out of a cooking magazine that I bought in 1997. I was 11. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I was like double your age. (laughs) A little bit more. Um, but it's like one of the first cookie magazines I ever bought. It's, I mean, this is, you know how like when you're at the grocery store and they have like those, uh, you know, at the checkout point. Yeah. This was one of the, I used to do this all the time when I was like learning how to cook when I was living on my own. Um, I would be like, ooh, so this is a Better Homes and Gardens, low calorie, low fat, summer flavors mm. from 1997, which I will say, um, I still have like a solid, like four to five recipes that I make out of the, out of here on a semi-regular basis. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, and this was what I hadn't made in a long time, but for some reason, I think when I pulled it out to make one of the things I do make regularly, I was like, oh yeah, that coffee cake. I remember mm-hmm. that was good. It got good reviews. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. A nice afternoon pick me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Getting not... ready for springtime. And I was so proud of myself because I actually on the fly made high altitude adjustments. 
I never do that. Really? Yeah, I've never altered any of my recipes to be a high altitude. Oh, I do it all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. I've never felt the need to. Oh, I always feel the need to. Really? Oh, yeah. Stuff turns huh. out messy otherwise. Really? Really. Mm-hmm. I have not had that experience yet. Huh. Like, I don't alter... I alter my chocolate cake because I know that it needs more flour. Because it, like, sinks down in the middle. But other than that, I don't alter anything. Oh, I've been on, like, an eight-year quest to, like, figure out the perfect chocolate chip cookie. I have it. <laughs> no, your cookie is good. You're right. You're right. I have had your chocolate chip cookie. The cho- yeah, I made it for Right, right, for right. Podcast. Yeah, it was good. So, and it was still warm. It was. It was. It was. Well, but see, for a while, I was, like, trying to work my way through, like, all the famous chocolate chip cookie recipes that are on the internet mm-hmm. and the interwebs. And um, also modify them to be high altitude. high altitude friendly. So that was one time I got my numbers messed up. Well, actually, I think, I don't know if I've ever judged it. I was baking with my friend Reese. And we were both making, trying two different, we were each trying a different chocolate chip cookie recipe. Mm-hmm. We were here. And so she was using my measuring stuff and she didn't realize that there anyways she ended up putting way too much flour in hers and i didn't put enough flour in mine so hers were like these blocks of like they were like beasts <laughs> and mine were like wafer thin <laughs> they were like polar opposite oh man uh, i feel like we should have for national cook chocolate chip cookie day we should have a national we should have a chocolate chip cookie bake-off Ooh, like invite good. a whole bunch of people over with their chocolate chip cookie recipe oh, and fun. see like yeah which one is the best one so maybe have people make the dough ahead of time and then just yeah. come and bake it mm-hmm. i'd be down for that we should figure out when national chocolate chip cookie day is okay we'll do that okay Cool. I'm on board. All right. Anyway. So, so yeah. So I thought the tea went well with the, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I think <laughs> I, we've had this conversation before. I am learning more and more that I just don't like a lot of flavored tea. Mm-hmm. Like, or I like, I, I, at heart, there's about like three to four different types of tea that I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably the same. I mean, I don't I, like, expo- I don't like experimenting that much. I mean, I like trying it, but I, but I keep finding, I'm like, meh right yeah like this isn't bad but i'm also like i don't know that i could drink more than a glass of this like i i think i'll be done with this after yeah. i drink it it's well, just a little you have another glass <laughs> i'll make robert drink it <laughs> no he won't drink it he likes flavored teas even less than i do oh yeah interesting hmm. Chris made like this weird juniper berry Ooh. and vanilla herbal tea concoction yesterday, and it was actually pretty good. But I think he added like 15 juniper berries to it, and so then he got itchy, which is the complete opposite of what he wanted because his allergies <laughs> like you take juniper berries if you're allergic to juniper. Oh, like your okay. Immune system, right? Like the like cures like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think he put too much in it so then he was itchy all over and his eyes were red and watery and oh, i was like oh we just do two next time like not 15 <laughs> but yeah i'm so lucky that i don't have issues like that mm. yeah i just bought some local honey to kind of work on my allergies you can also use it as a face mask and it'll help detoxify your skin okay honey's actually like a miracle food. It is. We could spend a whole episode on that. We won't right now, but... Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe we'll become a books, tea, and honey podcast. <laughs> That'd be a really short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so the book. Oh, the book. Okay. Mm. 
So I thought I would start with a question. Oh boy. Since our theme is... Picked for the cover. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this? Why did you pick this cover? Here, it's right here in front of you so you can talk about it. Boom. Um, well, I liked the key aspect of it. That is a pretty key. There is a key, like an old-fashioned key, and I liked this part of it with the purples and the blues and the greens. It does have really nice colors on the navy background and the gold. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very abstract, really. And it's very, like, old-looking. Which it is set in olden times, so there's that. So that's why I picked it. I also picked it because I didn't want to look for a book, so instead I just browsed through Corey's books. Which, you know, it's not necessarily a bad idea. True. And then it was between this one and another one. <laughs> I don't remember what the other I one was. I was just going to ask if you remember though. what the other one was. I could... If I saw the cover, I would know. Ah, well, maybe we'll look after we're done recording and you can... But I think I took them both home. Oh, yeah, you did. And I started reading the other one. And I was like, meh. No. <laughs> And then I started reading this one, and I was like, meh, no. But then I read the whole thing anyway, because I was hoping it was going to get better. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> we now know <laughs> We now know what Carrie thinks about this book. Carrie should not pick books for the cover. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question, is how often do you pick books for the cover? Never. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do it often mm-hmm. just because I am so particular about books. Like right. I feel like if I liked it more than mm-hmm. one kind of theme of a book of like character development and mm-hmm. I think I could wing it. Well, let me ask you this. How often do you start out by maybe being drawn to a book cover and before you make it to like, I, I mean, if you're browsing, are you sometimes like, Ooh, that's a pretty cover. And then you like pick it up and then maybe you're like, Hmm, but that doesn't sound like a good book for me. Sometimes. I remember, what is the book called? There's a book. Maybe you know it. <laughs> there's a book? There's books? There's what? A, there's a book. <laughs> and it is like a turquoise blue. And it mm. has a fishbowl on it. Hmm. Shoot. I have it at home. I read it. And it's about, um, I believe, a gay man. Hmm. And it, it, I picked it because of like the simplicity of it. I have no idea what that is. Man, I'm going to have to find it and take a picture of it and send it to you because I found it very interesting. But I still have that book, and I really liked that book. Okay. Yeah, I when you showed, showed me this one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a really... I, I approved of your decision from a cover standpoint. It felt very... And obviously, I already had the book because I was interested in it, right? right? Did you pick it because of the cover? Um, I probably picked it up initially because of the cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess because I work in a bookstore and I'm around books all the time, um, I do find myself visually attracted to some books more than others. Well, and when you like have it, like when you're looking at it like this, mm-hmm. it's even pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what the finished book looks like. Um, oh, you don't think this is what it's going to look like? Well, sometimes there's tweaks and, and it might feel different just because it's going to have, that's going to be the jacket. Like it's going to be a hardcover. Oh, right? right. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what the end pages look like. Like they've done so much nice detail on the, mm-hmm. this. I'm curious to see what the end page, like on the inside is going to oh, look like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if that's decorative as well, you notice it echo this pattern or something like that. Um, but it should be out soon, so we'll, um, we'll be able to answer It'll that be out question. This month. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the actual release date, but um, 
But I think I, I saw, I'm, it's very well likely that I picked it up because I was drawn to the colors initially. Like that's kind of like a hodgepodge of a lot of my favorite colors. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I would have, I would have then read what the, it was about to make a decision about whether well, or not. I did. And I looked it up on Goodreads. Hmm. And it got good reviews on Goodreads. And I liked it. And it's it. like magical. And I love magic books. I, I liked it. I, I'm I'm actually really surprised that you didn't like this book. I was really oh, shocked God. that... No, I, I really thought this was going to be in your wheelhouse. And it wasn't. Wow. And I wouldn't have thought it would be in my wheelhouse. Like, you know, this was very character-driven and very slow. And I liked it. <laughs> it was so slow. It was painfully slow. It wasn't until, like, what? Page... 350 we realize that he's gay no you you no, figure it you out early oh yeah 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 until yeah he like gets his memories back right and that's like page here no it's yeah. not mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. it is not that early Corey. man you just dropped that bomb on our <laughs> listeners we well, made her total what the book is about and now you're like and he's gay <laughs> But they don't know which he I'm talking about. Oh, man. So I really want to correct you on that. You're, but still, 224, you're okay. still getting Fine. up there. Like, that is the main identity of somebody. And you're going to wait until page 200 and something or 300 and something? But like, I actually, on. but that was actually one of the things I really liked about the book was oh. how it unfolded. Oh. Well, do you want to give our listeners a really quick explanation of what the book is about? Like, the, the general premise. And then we can kind of jump into how it's structured and the characters and stuff like that. Okay, so this book. Because it does have a really interesting premise. Yeah, so there's these things called Binders. binders. And essentially, almost every book that these people pick up is a book of a story of a real person. So these binders sit with people and basically take out the memories that they don't want anymore and puts it in a book. And it's supposed to be, like, secured and sealed so nobody can get access to that book. And so the main character... Emmett. He gets, like, this fever... And he's like real sick. And then what you realize is he's a farm boy. Like this is it doesn't really say where this is set, but it feels like it's like in rural England. Yeah, somewhere. So that's the vibe that yeah. you're getting. Yeah. And in, he, in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets really sick and his family is like, oh no, what's going on? He had and binders fever. He had binders fever. And then he goes an to the binder mm-hmm. and becomes her apprentice, but then she dies. Which is really sad. And then her crazy ass son comes in crazy ass and just like ruins it all. Totally ruins it all. Takes. I just wanted to like kick him in the nads. I know he was awful. I didn't like him at all. Which I guess was the point. Yeah. And so they go to probably like London is what I'm assuming. Like they go from the country to a big city. city. Yes. Yeah. And Emmett meets Lucian. 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 Or at least I think it's Lucian. Read it as Lucian. Okay, but either maybe way, that's because it's Harry Potter. There's a Lucian, and no, I think that's still Lucian. No, the, the little skinny blonde kid. I think it's Lucian. We'll have to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to pull up YouTube later and see how the name is pronounced. Um, and I, I saw just a cluster from there. Yeah, yeah. So, I. I 
so did okay so here was one of my questions okay so you already dropped the big bomb that the main character Emmett one of the so he so there's this I wrote down bizarre love triangle yeah super bizarre love triangle <laughs> yeah we should play that every time I, I don't know that song by New Order I don't know who Stop. New Order is oh my god I feel so old right now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might know who New Order is, but I don't think I know that song. That oh, you singing. totally know the song. I'll play it for you when we're done. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, you basically have this farm family, and um, Emmett has a sister, Alta. Yeah, who's crazy. Um, well, she's she's a child. She, I know, but that's why she's crazy. Okay. This is why I can't have children. All right. Anyways, they befriend the local lord's dick. Um... Not his dick, his his nephew. He's a dick. Man. He's kind of a pompous little smartass. I don't like him from the very beginning. Okay, fair enough. And then I'm afraid he's going to murder that dog. I thought he was going to murder that dog for a long time. And I was like, I am and, going and to Instead, his dad's henchman did, which was horrific. Anyways, <sighs> um... So, they, so, Alta falls in love with this guy, Lucian, or Lucian. And she... she but then... Basically, Emmett is like has all this animosity towards him, yeah. and um, a long time passes. They become friends ish, and the three of them hang out all the time because Emmett's supposed to be the keeper of his sister's virtue, right? And no then premarital sex, people, right? And then, lo and behold, there ends up a hot and steamy scene where Lucian and... 300 pages into the book. Okay, so, but, all right, so did was that your first, did you, were you shocked? Did you see this coming? No. You really didn't? No. Oh, I totally was like, oh, I see where this is going. I didn't see it. And then it was like page 300, and I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? Like, you're going to drop this bomb But like, I thought it was brilliant. before the book is done? It is not 50 pages. There's like 450 pages in here. I know, but it's like towards the end. You don't realize that he's a big homo until he is living in London. And the right. memories come back because he finds his book. Right. Well, and that's what I think is so brilliant about the book is because then you're like, so, so you have this first section where you get to know Emmett and his family and right. he's taken away by the binder and you know, there's something weird. Like you get, start getting this. Well, I think even the jacket says that he's been bound, but so you go into this knowing that he had been bound. Um, and, and you're kind of assume it was probably the binder that he's apprenticed to. And you're like, what did he get binded by? And so then, yeah, then all the stuff, like you said, happens. He ends up in the city. He burns his book. And then, bam, you're back to even before the book started. And all of a sudden, you get this whole new perspective of his life with his family. And the fact that they were, like, plodding along knowing that he was a gay and be bound and just for like pretending nothing was wrong and i was like oh my god what what but it was still like 300 pages into the book and then and then it switches perspectives and it goes, know, to, and Lucian, it goes to Lucian, yeah. which was amazing like it was so it was so cool i thought the way she wrote it was brilliant like the way it unfolded but again, it was like hold on his like perspective well how would you have done it differently I would have had them alterate not alterating <laughs> alterate is that even a word like the alterator no I would have them alternate thank you <laughs> you just needed it in there but 
I think it was more powerful with the way it unfolded. Part three is when Lucian I know. takes over, which is 291 pages in. But it makes so much... But it makes so much more... But... It doesn't make any sense. I don't it totally it. makes sense. No, like, you like had this it. huge buildup, and then you start realizing that nothing was what you thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought she was a beautiful writer. I like marked multiple pages with her writing. Like she was uh, like, I have an example that I'll share with you that I thought was really pretty. Um, oh, here it is. So, so this is when, um, Sarah the binder was sick mm-hmm. and he write. And so it says the house was so quiet. It was as if the walls were holding their breath. That's so pretty. It's fine. You just don't want to say that it's pretty because you're bitter about the book. I don't. I thought the language was beautiful. She's a beautiful writer. The language was adequate. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't want, you just want to hate everything about it. You don't want to admit that the rest of the story was so irritating. I, as soon as the story, when like, when it was just like slow, it was painfully slow like I could only read 10 pages at a time because it was boring until we found out he was gay and then it like all unfolded and I was so excited of like I didn't even see this coming they're gonna be gay boys together and make and sweet, they did. sweet love and they did and then it went back to boring and heartbreak and yuckiness and I was like I don't want to be any I don't want to be part of this. Mm. But see, I think that was, I, I think that was her, everything you just described, I think is how she wanted, maybe not the boring part, but you know, you have this ho-hum little, little boy, young man with a ho-hum life. And so we're experiencing, like, there's nothing remarkable about his life. Right. And then he discovers he has this ability and, and then it still just kind of seems like meh. And then it like, socks you in the gut and you're like holy heck and then you're like oh my god where is this going why doesn't he have his memory when did he did he make this decision like it, like there's all this like then yeah you want to find out what happens and then it switches to lucian's perspective and you're like crap now emmett knows everything but lucian is still clueless and what's gonna happen like i just felt like i don't know but i feel i i, I get you that the beginning was slow but i think that it wouldn't have made the last part of the book as powerful and as intriguing if it hadn't been written in the order and in the style that it was. I don't know. I think it was just like, so I get that even in 2019, a lot of people view homosexuality as wrong. Right. I don't hang out with those people. Right. Well, I don't either. And so in a book, I don't really want to read about how homosexuality is wrong. Because I already mm-hmm. live in 2019 where a lot of people think homosexuality is wrong. Okay. I guess so, I was more focused on this, their love story. Right. But they couldn't even have a love story, really, because their families were like, you are two gay boys. You're not allowed to be in love. Right. And, and that was heartbreaking. got stupid and catty and awful. And I was like, I hate everything about this situation. Just because it's so... Like, if we were living in a time where gay people could just love who the hell they wanted to love and nobody had an opinion about it because that's mm-hmm. what heterosexuals do to other heterosexuals, 
I think it would be fine. Right. But, like, the fact that we still have anti-Semitism and we still have anti-LGBTQAI, like, living fully in this country and in this world, I'm like, I can't deal. But it had a happy ending. Uh, they, But they got their happy ending. Yeah, it ended stupidly. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not even happy with the fact that they... I'm not even happy with the ending. I didn't like the ending. It just wasn't realistic. Well, how do you know? Because this whole book was not realistic. Well, it was fantasy. (laughs) Hold on. In the real world, you can't take people's memories and bind them into a book. I mean, but maybe we should. Well, but I I want to get to that here in a second. But I guess we need to wrap up our debate about whether or not this ended well. I just feel like it ended. I liked that, though. Because then I could be like, and they lived happily uh, ever after. I, I like that. And P.S. Do you really want them this to keep... This is her first adult novel, and you can tell. This okay. is a stupid ending. It's you remember not a stupid... everything? Yes, I remember everything. Well, then let's go. I'm sorry. What? And they went what off and... What is that? What are you? And they went off and lived happily ever after. Maybe. Or maybe they got stoned because they were two gay boys. I think they were going to be smarter next time around. Uh, I I liked it. I think I gave it a two. I'm going to give it a solid four. It got really good reviews on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't mm-hmm. mine. That's all right. So, okay. So let's set the relationship aside. Okay, first of all, hold on. Let me say something. Yeah, really yeah, quick. yeah. Go, go. No, no, no. Please do. <laughs> so Chris was like... Oh, that's a pretty cover. I was like, yeah, we're supposed to pick books by the cover. And he's like, that is a horrible idea for you. And I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> and I believe you picked this genre. So <laughs> No, you did. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oh, it okay. It was not my genre. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and so when I finished it and I was like, oh, this book. And he's like, yep. That's what I would have expected. And I was like, it got really good, good, good review, good reads, reviews. He was like, yeah, you just can't do that. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I'm reading this trashy series right now and there's (laughs) misspellings in it and I love it. So I don't really understand. Well, there you go. I just read a really bizarre book that I'll tell you about offline. (laughs) It was way out of my comfort zone and I, but I still finished it because it was so weird. I just had to see how it was going to end. Curious. (sighs) So weird. Okay. So we've kind of beat the, well, so we've given the basic story, um, which hopefully we, <laughs> so I Corey want, just gave me a mother. Look right now. <laughs> so she, the putty that I just so kindly gave to her that she's playing with right now, one of my dogs walks in and she likes stuffs it in its face like here chop on this because that's not toxic i was just gonna have her smell it i let chester smell things all the time that's how they learn <laughs> i wasn't gonna let her eat it i, I mean her. coco probably wouldn't have pixie on the other hand oh, she yeah, would have pixie housed would've, that would've, in like yeah. two seconds she would have taken my hands with her yeah okay <laughs> um so here's actually the other thing that, i mean so was this the best love story ever? Absolutely not. I mean, but I, I, so I really liked the way the book was structured and unfolded. We will have to agree to disagree on that piece. But the other thing that I really, I mean, I will say this, this book actually made me think a lot because, um, of the whole concept of what it's about. 
finding. Yeah. Getting rid of emotions or feelings or memories that you don't want to remember anymore. Yeah. Like, again, I wrote down this quote that I thought, because Emmett's giving Sarah a hard time, like, shortly after. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're stealing their souls, man. Yeah. You're stealing their souls. So she slaps him across the face. As she should. <laughs> and then she says, we take memories and bind them. Whatever people can't remember, whatever they can't live with. We take those memories and put them where they can't do any harm. That's all books are. And so I thought it was really smart how she played with the idea of books and novels. Because at another point, Lucian's talking and he's like, he's talking about how there's people out, there's a black market of people who make up stories. Mm -hmm. He's like, but those are just novels. Those aren't real memories. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so super smart. This is so super smart. You're just like describing like what we're reading. And I just, I loved how she played with that idea. Yeah. I guess because what do books do? We 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 read books to transport us to someplace else and away from whatever's going on in our world at that moment. Right. And so this idea that books are other people's memories in a way they kind of are. Right. I just I don't know. I I really liked what she did with that. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. You're really begrudgingly giving me that clever. Because I just feel like it still brings up the point of, like, people thought, yeah, yeah, I just, I'm being, I'm being Sydney right now and picking on the gay thing. Mm. Like, because then they're saying that it's bad to be gay, either subconsciously or unsubconsciously. And that's why this person was bound. Like, both of the gay men were bound in this book. Right. So it could be, like, her political idea of... Mm -hmm. I think it's her political... Yeah, I mean, I think... But then it's making it sound like what you just read, what her quote was, of, like, things that can hurt you or that are bad for you. But But then they bound two gay boys. Right. And it didn't work, right? Like, Like, the whole point is, is that both of them knew something was wrong in their life. And they wanted to be true to who they were in a society that wouldn't allow them to. So they tried to go out and be bound because that was what the appropriate thing is to do. Well, it wasn't they wanted to be bound. Their parents made them get bound. And no, they... Lucian bound himself. Oh. Did I, I pass that part? Yes. Over it? Lucian bound him. So neither of them chose really to be bound. So what happened, don't forget, is that Emmett was forced to be bound by Lucian's father's henchmen. That was when they killed Splotch, and they had his Mm -hmm. sister. Mm -hmm. And so, and then when he was at the binders, Lucian shows up, and he's distraught, obviously, and heartbroken, Mm -hmm. and he feels like he has no choice. Mm -hmm. But I I think her message is more about that we can try, like, what I took away is that we think that we can hide our emotions, we can bind away the things that aren't. Serving us. Serving us. But the reality is, is that those things will always come back around. Oh, yeah. You can't, you cannot deny your true self. Like, even no matter how painful memories are, and certainly there's things that we choose not to think about. Right. But I think our whole point is, is that we can never fully escape them. Like, we think we might be able to. There might be a magic fix. You could say drugs are a binding or alcohol or, but at the end of the day, you got to deal with your shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, that... 
I was, as I was reading this book, I was like, man, would I ever want to do that? That was one of my questions. Yeah, no, I would never. Yeah, especially not with the way she wrote it, because of the emptiness. And, right. I mean... And even if it wasn't, like, having an emptiness, you know, the trials and tribulations that I've lived through is what kind of makes me who I am. Like, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that... I think is so valuable is that we learn from the things that happen to us. Sure. And we grow in a certain way, whether good or bad. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times when I'm like, oh man, I wish I could forget that one memory, but I don't know if given the opportunity, if I would actually want it to be forgotten. Yeah. What about you? No, I don't think, I mean, certainly I could see the immediate relief, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, <laughs> what do you think, Coconut? Would you be, would you get your memories taken away? Oh, wait, you're a dog. You have no memory. So there's that. Um, <laughs> she has a memory. She remembers me. It's true. You have a memory. She remembers you. I know. She remembers her sister. So, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can articulate what's on my brain and then on what could potentially come out slightly offensive. Oh, I'm um, curious. So sometimes I think about how are some people able to move beyond hard times and trauma and rebound and keep moving forward in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And why can't some people do that? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that really any of us could answer that, but this is where I feel like I'm like, I'm on a tightrope here. So people bear with me. I think some of us are more equipped mentally, for whatever reason, to move beyond hard times. Mm -hmm. Like, we have the, like, we don't, I don't want to say give up. I just, I feel like there's there's something, there must be something in, like, temperament or mental resiliency or how we process things that allows some of us to... Be resilient and rebound mm-hmm. without hitting rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And others of us, it's impossible. Like they can't move beyond a situation or a thought. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. Like I, that's my point is I don't I, I that's why I'm always curious about it. Cause you know, we all have we all have bad things that happen to us. No one has a perfect life. Right. So why do some people seem to be able to keep on motoring forward? And put it behind them, you know, put it up on a shelf, if you will. And why, for some, does it subsume them and it it becomes who they are and it defines who they are in a very unhealthy and dangerous and sad way? So I actually bring this up to my therapist a lot because I'm always like, how am I so, like, okay? Like, given my past Mm -hmm. and what I've had to live through and the trauma and everything that was involved in my childhood, how am I not so fucked up in the head like in a corner rocking back and forth yeah or like how did i go to college how did i go to grad Mm -hmm. school how am i becoming a functioning adult like Mm -hmm. how do i how am i married and have a healthy relationship like why is it that i was able to not let my past define me and i Mm -hmm. so what does your therapist say i'm really curious well she said that a lot of it is brain chemistry. Like mm-hmm. some people's brain chemistries are mm-hmm. just not able to deal with the past traumas. Okay. Other things is like our determination. Like mm-hmm. I was so determined to not be the product of what happened to me mm-hmm. 
not to just prove people wrong, but mm-hmm. to mostly prove myself that while my past is traumatic and not very great, that doesn't define who I am. It's mm-hmm. helped define who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I think it really is a lot about brain chemistry of like, if you have uh, an imbalance in your brain and you're a depressive person like mm-hmm. that, and you're not medicated, mm-hmm. that can spiral and make it so that you can't get out of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a depressive person, but you're on medication, like medication essentially helps rewire your sure. brain connectors yeah. to help you mm-hmm. get through that darkness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was on antidepressants for four years when I was in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to be on them since, but I mean, I think a lot of it is our brain chemistry. Of yeah. There's just some of us that are more resilient mm-hmm. than others. I mean, I know people and that are my age that have one bad thing happen and it like destroys them and they're Mm -hmm. like incapable of Mm -hmm. being a functioning human Mm -hmm. and not to discredit that person or what they're feeling. Well, and that's why I was like, this is a fine line because there's other, I think it has to do with the way that you've grown up, your brain chemistry. If there are mental disorders in your family that Mm -hmm. have been genetically passed down, I think has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also know that I didn't want to be the byproduct of my upbringing. Yeah. Like I wanted to prove to the world, to myself, to my Mm -hmm. family that what happened does not define who I am. And that takes a really strong will. Like that is will and determination to, Mm -hmm. because I could easily be like a deadbeat and be like, oh, I blame my dad. I blame my brother. I blame my shitty upbringing. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm an asshole to people. That's why I don't believe in LGBTQAI. That's why I Mm -hmm. am on whatever yeah unemployment and milking the system because i'm like oh i just blend that shitty side of my life right and i think there's just some of us that are not willing to succumb to that yeah but i think that others and god love them do succumb to that like my Mm -hmm. brother is crazy fucked up in the head and i think he got beat a lot by my dad and i think Mm -hmm. that damaged him in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways Mm -hmm. and i can't fault him for that because he was a byproduct of his upbringing right yeah. i would hope that he would not be a douche but i mean yeah sometimes the apple doesn't fall far from the tree right so i think it really is just dependent mm. on brain chemistry will and determination mm-hmm. and if we really want to play that victim card sure like the reason why i'm a dick is because this happened to me 20 years ago yeah but mental health is like that big thing right now that like we're not giving people who need the help, the proper help that they need. Oh, absolutely. It's a problem. And then you're just like, can you blame people? Like, yeah, I am not really a big advocate for guns, but like, if you look at the people that have been doing the shooting, like there has been triggers of mental health issues Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're not treating that. Yeah. So it's a slippery slope. I don't think you offended anybody. Well, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, I, but but so this book makes me think about this though right. because you know because the pe- well because really what you have is is this also is about power right mm-hmm. so you look at the people that are being bound right so many of them have had trauma yeah so sometimes they're choosing to be bound other times they're not choosing to be bound most because of them are lower class most of them are lower yeah. class and then you have these people who do collect these books and. What I found interesting is, again, going back to Lucian, his his 
prized book was not about someone's trauma. Right. It was a happy memory. It was mm-hmm. this beautiful story. And I think at a certain point, he has this realization, and I had it with him, of like, okay, so this wasn't some, this was someone who chose to give up their memory and they gave up a happy memory, which made me happy, but there was a reason they had to give up that happy memory. Mm -hmm. Like they needed money or something. Right. And so then they gave up the most beautiful part of their life. Right. So that someone else could enjoy it. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of really deep (laughs) things in here to think about that, uh, you know, about class and, you know, and, uh, um, you know, heterosexuality versus homosexuality and mental health. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I guess that's why I enjoyed this is, as I did take my time with it, which I don't often do with the mm-hmm. book. And, um, I just kind of let myself be pulled into it. And I liked the language. And I think as I let the story unfold, it just, it was really unique, but yet it also echoed so many things that we think about today. Right. Um, but in kind of a very creative and distinct way that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. So. I know I was trying, as I was reading, I was like, man, so in 2022. Okay. That's the right math, right? Four years from, yeah. So four years of Trump, like, do I want to forget four years of Trump? Would I want to get bound to have the four years that he was president out of my brain? (laughs) (laughs) But then I was like, well, no, because I wouldn't do that anyway. But yeah. it also... How do we learn from the past if we don't have that memory exactly. too? Exactly. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that this... So everybody's like, why was a black man nominated first before a female? And if you look back in history, slavery was abolished much more... Sooner than women sooner get than the women's right. rights. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, we, it's the patriarchy. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> kind of following the history of what we've done in the past of like, mm-hmm. it's still a man though. He may yeah. be black, but he's still a man and he yep. has more rights than women. Yep. And now we're like living in this phase of like, well, this is questioning a, a hopefully a lot of people's decisions of if this was the right choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Lord help us. And then, you know, hopefully next in 2022, or 2026, we do have a female, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want any female. I want it to like what? similar to, I don't want any Republican. Like, look at what we have right now. Mm-hmm. It's just a famous guy that decided he could do it. <laughs> and scarily, so, um, he succeeded. Yeah. I think that while I don't necessarily like the current administration and I don't like anything that they're doing. I do think that this is a harsh lesson that we all needed to learn in some respect. Yeah. What that lesson is, not really sure. <laughs> right. But. And hopefully we make it to four years without, like, nuclear war. Well, I mean, we've already made it two. That's pretty good. Well, don't speak too soon. we still got two <laughs> years to go. Oh, man. So, anyway. Anyways. So, I guess, per usual. We disagree to disagree. We disagree to disagree. We agree to disagree. <laughs> we agree to disagree. Um, I feel like, didn't they like the last book? What was the last book? It was your book. No, it was no, your book. The Dry? You thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it okay. <sighs> so. I mean, I think this one is okay. I think it was just... I think it Does was your too opinion- painfully slow. Okay. Does your opinion change slightly after having a discussion no. about it? <laughs> You're like, no. 
I still find it irritating. Okay. Well, that's all right. You know, there's so many books out there in I the world. I wanted it to of... be more gay love. Oh, see, I, I, I mean, I thought it was enough. I, I don't, so you know, but I don't more. like, I don't like steamy books in general. So I, I don't think... want it to be steamy. I wanted it to be like, they find out like a mm-hmm. hundred pages in that they've been bound but and I think... then they change the culture of what binding is. Like that is what I was hoping for. Uh... Like this happy ending of like, they found each other, they were bound, but then they were mm-hmm. like, they got unbound and they're like, what can we do? to stop this from happening from other people like us and then yeah see and i don't think that was that would be a completely different story i know that's the story i want okay so bridget collins you can start working on part two (laughs) yeah and and maybe that's you know that's interesting because i as i'm i'm listening to you say that i feel like the i that the plot point that they were gay was significant and obviously a necessary part of it Mm -hmm. and i liked going along on the their relationship with them from disliking each other to right. being friends to being like oh maybe that fluttery feeling is something else completely different maybe my heart on is telling me <laughs> something completely different but i don't think that was a central plot point like it was there to drive forward the bigger story right which i think is really about binding hence the title yeah. so the gay binding but the it was binding that should be her second book but there was more. Ooh. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've been going on for 52 minutes. Hello, everyone. I hope you're still with us. So we should probably stop there. We're starting to repeat ourselves. But okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So Corey gives it a thumbs up. Kiri gives, gives it, it a, a thumbs down. Kiri gives it a thumbs down. And the next book that we're reading is... is my book picked for a cover, which is gorgeous. Um, and it's The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. I'm listening to it. Which is interesting because... Um, I might just have to buy the book because um, what you're missing, like I'm curious to see what you think of it as an audio book because I bet it's really good. But the artwork from the cover and the story and and the story itself, Mm -hmm. each chapter starts with artwork um, that reflects part of the story that happens in that chapter. Oh, interesting. So you're missing that part. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not how it's unraveling. Right. Right. The library just doesn't have the hardback. Dang it, library. But they did give me the audio version. Yeah. Well, and I could see it being a good audio book. I mean. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to stop there, y'all. <laughs> it might not have hurt me. Oh, jeez. Oh, Kiri. Kiri, 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 Kiri. Yeah. One of my last questions, and we already talked about it. Can we truly ever escape our past? No. And I think we already answered that question. Yeah. So I think we still had a good conversation, even if you didn't like the book. Yeah, I think it was good. We always have good conversations, well, that's regardless true. of if I like the book or not. True, true. We true, were, true. True, true. All right, people. All right, until next time. See ya. Happy reading. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 